And now, the only podcast to talk about Pacific Rim Baseball in English. Your host, Philip Riccobono. Hey everybody, welcome back to the ComingToAmericaBaseball.com podcast. Uh, we haven't got canceled yet. This is going to be episode number nine. They say we wouldn't get here. Uh, all 78 of the downloaders. And uh, this week, I've got uh, Van Walker by my side. First in-studio guest. Van is a colleague of mine. He's a musician, he's a lover, he's a <laughs> scholar, and uh, yeah, he just kicks ass on the guitar and vocals. I appreciate that, brother. Uh, one of these days I have to give you a little bit of music to drop on your show, too. Okay, cool. And uh, also, Van is six foot eight. Yeah, six eight. Six eight, former college basketball player. Um, and I'm also going to use him as an enforcer on the podcast. So don't get out of line, anyone. All right, and uh, also in Alexandria, Virginia is a um, KBO fan who's also written some things about the KBO uh, that are very interesting. Alan Wolf used to live in Korea, but now he's in Alexandria. And unfortunately, a Lotte Giants fan. Welcome, Alan. Oh, man. You had to bring that one up. (laughs) Welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Hey, no problem, man. Uh, We first want to touch on an article that you wrote, what was it, last year? Um. Yes, was uh, yeah before before last season. Yes, and it was uh, entitled "Time for KBO to Grow Up." Okay, that was in the Korea Times last year, and uh, "Time for KBO to Grow Up." But why don't you take us through the long and the short of that, and then we have a few questions. Okay, so uh, basically, it was kind of a at, at that time there was a lot going on, some controversial things. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles actually had signed a contract with a Korean high school junior named Kim Sung-min. Um, and there's kind of an unwritten agreement, apparently, between MLB and KBO that MLB isn't allowed to scout or sign players who haven't already graduated high school. So Kim Sung-min being a junior, this violated that unwritten code. Um, and basically, you know, kind of all hell broke loose in the next couple of weeks um, they banned the Baltimore Orioles scouts from Korea. They had to issue an apology. And then they ended up banning the kid, Kim Sung-min, from all, all Korean organized baseball, which kind of led me to look into some of the KBO's other policies, and that led to the article. I, I wonder why the KBO had a, you know, for lack of better terms, a hard-on about this. <laughs> when, you know, guys like Park, <laughs> Chan, Park, Park Chan-ho and Sin Su Chu – uh, were clearly recruited out of high school and went to MLB. Did you ever wonder about that? Yeah, as far as far as like I can understand, it, it's because he was a junior was like the big fuss. So, um, and, and like I said, it's an unwritten rule. Also, as far as I understand, so you know the Orioles instantly claim this was Dan Duquette who had been you know he's a new GM at the time with the Orioles, and. Um, you know, he kind of is known for his tenure with the Red Sox and signing loads of Asian players, so it kind of made sense. But um, he instantly, you know, said, well, we didn't know there was a rule. And, um, you know, you don't know whether or not to believe him or not. Maybe he didn't know, but you would think his, his scouts in the, in the industry would know. Um, but, but, yeah, it does seem kind of peculiar, um, the whole rule about the high school juniors. 
Yeah, you're, you're seeing it in Japan too now. Like um, this year, Shohei Otani almost went over to MLB, but uh, at the last minute, the Nippon Ham Fighters talked him out of it. They went ahead and drafted him when everyone thought he was going to go and sign with an MLB club. So, um, yeah, these guys are definitely on MLB's radars, but I, I guess they just they don't want their league to crumble, and they're trying to protect them best they can. Wouldn't you agree, Van? Well, the thing is, the way these guys are looking at it, they what they don't want to be is just some sort of a minor league feeder to the major leagues. That's pretty much what you're seeing is a lot of protectionism of the market. These guys, are one, they want to keep their own stars at home. They, you know... They don't want their young prospects going overseas because, as you say, it does weaken the local brand. Uh, consider, you know, the guy that's going to be starting for the Dodgers here very shortly, Ryu Hyunjin, who is pitching for the Hanwai Eagles. He's the kid's a ton. Okay, he's an absolute killer, and Hanwha and the, and the league in general is going to be a little poor for him not taking the ball every four days because that guy put people in seats. And now he's going to be pitching for the Dodgers. Sure, it's good for the, the cable network. But, you know, for the local businesses and for the local baseball teams, they're going to be missing that business. So from that aspect, I kind of understand what they're trying to do. They, you know, they want to, you know, protect the, the, the glamour of their own league and make sure they're respected in their own right. And they don't just want to be seen as we're the next step up to the major league. So there is some of that going on there. Alan, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, no, no, he makes a lot of good points. I, I agree with a lot of what he just said, and, and, um, and they definitely don't want to be seen as a feeder system. And my, my whole sentiment was, you know, if, if the KBO wants to uh, really compete to keep some of these players, they obviously don't have, like, the financial uh, wherewithal some of these MLB teams do, or all the MLB teams do. But it also seems like some of their other rules, the way their free agency is set up, um, they're really not making an effort to become an attractive place to play. And, uh, and that was where I kind of got into the whole article, the, the time to grow up, because, you know, you know I understand that you've got to protect your brand, and you're looking out for your own, but at the same time, you know, do what's right for these players and make yourself a better brand. And that's where I usually have issue with the KBO is that they kind of come up short in that department. They come up drastically short in, with respect to player movement and free agency and, and where the market is concerned and equity where players are concerned. Uh, this system is greatly in need of a Marvin Miller. They need a Marvin Miller. They need a Kurt Flood. They need a whole thing to change this up because right now it's skewed so much toward the owners that, that I don't know how anybody – I mean, basically it's luck of the draw. If you get drafted by Hanwha, what chances are there this club's going to be – made any better anytime soon you know you're not going to be able to bring in new players which you know at least at major league baseball sure you can talk about value for dollars for new free agent contracts and whether you're going to get any return on that but there's always that chance you know the 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 miami marlins every two or three years go out and buy five or six guys and then they end up in the world series the yankees have made a career out of that when the boss was here now Hank Steinbrenner's a little tighter in the pocket. A little? But, a, a bit, <laughs> a bit. But, you know, you, you know in, in the major leagues, there is a, a shortish cut to contention, and that is going out and getting good free agents in good positions and putting yourself in a position right away. That doesn't exist in this current system in the KBO. 
No, I think the KBO, like you, you nailed it. You called it an insecure autocratic regime, Alan. And um, <laughs> they don't allow. Really, they don't have a players' union, according yeah, to. Uh, I was a little harsh, maybe, but I was in one of those moods. <laughs> <laughs> according to Chiu of Yonhop uh, News, uh, frequent uh, guest on the podcast, they really don't have a players' union, and the KBO, uh, like we said. Has uh, and you said, Van, they're really like tight on their players. They've got total control over them, basically. And the um, the free agency uh, you mentioned, um, they have to play. You know, they have to what the other team has to like double their salary or triple it. You know about free agency. What I was saying was, well, first of all, um, the teams own the free agency rights to the players for nine years. That's if you're picked out of high school, which pretty much it's eight years out of college. But the way it is these is pretty much all the talents coming out of high school. So your nine years with that team, and that doesn't include your two years mandatory military service. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, if you're, you know, if you're a stud and you end up on one of these Asian game teams or who gets an exemption for a gold medal, you'll save yourself that, uh, that two-year military service. But for, for most of the players, that just doesn't happen. Right. So that's, that's the first thing with free agency. And the other thing that really restricts player movement and, you know, reduces compensation for the free agents is, um, is, yeah, that when, for example, when you're a free agent, if you want to sign with another team, not the team that you've been playing for, that new team has to pay you either three times your previous year's salary or two times that salary plus a player that those two teams agree upon. So, I mean, just, just think about that for a couple of minutes. And the math really doesn't work out too well in the players' favor often. No, it's not gonna it's not gonna promote a whole lot of movement because if you're the guy looking to bring a free agent in, it's either double his current salary or you gotta give up a guy. You know, double his current salary and give up a guy, or triple his current salary. That's right. an awful lot to hope for for a guy whose production is probably at this point in his career is gonna be as good as it's gonna get. Because even in our <clears throat> leagues and the major leagues, most guys are at as good as they're going to get right in their early 30s, and then they start to tail off right around 34, 33, 34, 35 years old. So I'm sorry. So what you get often is that first free agent contract around the 30-year-old mark, and that's usually a decent one. If you're any good, you know, you're going to attract interest from other teams, and we saw that with a couple players this year, and they will get that compensation. But say that contract's four years on average – the problem lies with the next contract. Like uh, Van was saying, at that point, you're 34, 35. And um, you know, now someone's got to pay you three times what that second contract was for an aging veteran. And they don't have any leverage to pit other teams against you. Like in the MLB, you might see a one-year deal, like an Adrian Beltre type thing. You know, Build your value up and then get another nice deal. But that just doesn't happen, and teams end up hanging on to these players for life. One thing that some people might like about it is that it keeps guys with the same team for life, which you don't see much anymore of in MLB. I mean, Derek Jeter is sort of an anomaly now. That's true. I mean, the, the, what's the old joke that we're not cheering for players, we're cheering for laundry in the MLB? Back <laughs> um, but uh, that's because you have the kind of movement that will allow for, okay, the Cubs picked up Edwin Jackson. Okay? He ain't bad. He's going to be in a Cub uniform, and he's serviceable. He's a but, journeyman. Sure, he's a journeyman. But, you know, these are guys that are able to find themselves the best deal relative to whatever the market will bear for their services. And it seems to work out well for everyone involved. I mean, no one's thinking Edwin Jackson's a world beater, but, you know, guy got himself a raise. 
Nobody's mad at that. Um, but you're not going to have that kind of movement here. So on the one hand, it does remind you, like I said, it's the old major league system in the 50s and 60s when every year the Cleveland Indians ran out the same lineup because those guys weren't going anywhere. Murder is wrong. Right. You know, the, and, 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 of course, the problem is, you know, if you're the, uh, uh, the, the Kia or if you're, if you're Samsung or if you're SK, well, that's great for you. You guys have been in the finals the last few years. You know, if you're Hanwha, <laughs> that's not so good for you. So, yeah, well, most you're right, and that, and that's why a lot of the success with these KBO teams. That's why you see these teams like Samsung or SK most recently that are you know constantly in the finals, constantly in the top two or three spots through the regular season, and they're just these dynasties are just kind of like the norm now because they've built this collection of 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 talent that just won't move pretty much hangs on the roster. You might, you know, kind of move. Yeah. You move some foreign players in and out one or two guys each year changes positions. But for the most part, you're looking at the same team for like eight years. And that, okay. Now that's great from an owner's point of view, cost benefit wise, you know what you're paying, you know what you're getting. That's going to be great for competition. But you know, like Theo Epstein said, you know, the other clubs don't have the option of going in and getting that free agent raising that jersey up and saying, here's the guy that's going to help us win this year. <laughs> that's just not going to happen for him. So, so do we, uh, Alan, anything else you want to point out about your article? Um, I mean, no, and I think we, we touched on most of it. Um, Kim Sung-min, the player actually, just, just in case anyone's interested in an update, mm-hmm. he, um, he did end up with a, a baseball scholarship to a university in Fukuoka, Japan, I'm not sure exactly. I don't remember the name of the university, but as far as I know, he is still banned from like all baseball in Korea. So that would be KBO and uh, you know Korean national teams, any of that stuff. So they've taken a pretty hard stance against the kid, and, I'm and I think sure, they're really trying to set, set an example with him. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he's going to have to do his military duty. Oh, I, I pretty much guarantee that's on the table somewhere. And oh, I, have yeah. a, I have a feeling they're going to give him an extra hard time. Yeah. You know, they're not going to let him on the baseball. Yeah, for, the, for, those of, for those of you who don't know, every male, you know, uh, capable male, healthy, healthy-bodied male, able-bodied male, has to do, uh, is it 22 months military duty, 24 months, somewhere Something around like that. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The players are exempt if they reach a certain status of international play, like Ryu Hyunjin got exempted in 08 by winning the gold medal in the Olympics, uh, Sinsu Chu um, in 2010 winning the Asia Games. Um, I also was told that if they reached a certain level, didn't have to necessarily win the the WBC, maybe reach the finals or the semifinals, uh, they would they would actually um, get exempted, maybe part or all of their their duty. So that's another interesting thing because guys here, um, you mentioned about the free agency, and for them to go to the states uh, after their first contract, they're twenty eight, twenty nine, then they're thirty one, and you know. Really, guys, you know, scouts in the States aren't too interested in guys like that. No, most times because, in the, and I mean, think about how it is in the bigs, okay? When you got a guy that's at high tri- you know, triple A, you know, if he hadn't made the show by the time he's 22 or 23, you know, he's probably, that's as far as he's ever going to get, and he's probably going to look for options elsewhere. Then he comes here. Then he comes here, <laughs> right, he goes to Japan or something. But Ben Jukic. Right. Okay. Like right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Get paid. Yeah. Get their payday here. So, um, 
All right, let's talk about, I, I mentioned before you're a Lotte fan, and uh, Van and I are obviously Hanwha Eagle fans living in Daejeon. I'm sorry for you both. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the ninth inning, the Eagles had the lead in both games. And Denny Batista, your boy Van, he pitched great. He came out, it was, uh, it was 4-1 in the fifth yeah. or sixth. Uh, Dana Evelyn, the new lefty who came from Baltimore, uh, he pitched great. I think they had a three-run lead or a four-run four, four lead. Um, so you want to talk about that, Alan? You want to brag a little I bit? Mean, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, not going to dig a hole because I, I have a feeling it's not going to be the best of seasons in Pusan. Um, we're not exactly stacked to the rim this year, but but it was nice to get a couple wins to start the year. And I don't, Those games, those two games, like I said, I didn't see the whole thing, but from the highlights and the innings that I did catch, I mean, they look pretty sloppy on both teams, and you know, a couple of bad umpiring calls. It was looked like, like spring training kind of hadn't ended yet for these guys. Yeah, it was a great day. I mean, there were I think there were fifty-four runs or something. Oh on yeah, opening Saturday. three grand slams. Three grand slams. They set a record, a KBO record. Yep. So it was a, it was a great weekend. Um, and tonight we've got the uh, Kia Tigers coming into Tejan here to take the Hamo Eagles. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a chilly evening, too. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to keep the score down. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about uh, how you made it to Korea, uh, Alan, and how you hooked on to uh, the Giants and the fan experience. I, I think you know I'm doing a documentary on the KBO fans and how uh, unbelievable right. they are, uh, how extraordinary they are. I, I have to say I've been everywhere. I've seen games all over Asia except for Taiwan. I saw the Taiwan fans here at the Asia series, the Lamigo Monkeys fans, and they were pretty good. But um, I haven't been to the Caribbean. I'd have to say between Japan and, and Korea, they're the best fans in the world. Uh, the, the Koreans, of course. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit, the whole fan experience for you? Yeah, sure. I mean, just, just I guess to get back to the first question then, uh, I came to Korea in 2006, basically because of a girl. Okay. Um, I, I actually I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife, um, in 2006 um, in the U.S. And then okay. her visa expired, and I was just kind of like, sure, let's go. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be for three months. I ended up staying for five years because, as you know, it's a pretty fun place to be. Yep. Um, and anyway, um, her, her family is from Pusan. I have nothing in common with her father, really, except baseball. <laughs> and um, upon meeting the first time, I'm thinking, I'm a blank slate at this point. I have no uh, loyalty to any KBO teams. So I might as well pick the one that my, my girlfriend's father likes, right? Try to earn some brownie points. Sure. And, um, and that's, that's the reason I'm a Lotte fan. Sometimes I wish she was from Daegu or something, and I could have been a Samsung fan. But it didn't work out that way. <laughs> Did your father-in-law and, speak um, English? No, no. Okay, good. He so he, so he won't hear this. He won't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't hear this. Um, no, nah, he's cool. And, and uh, it's, it's been fun being a Lotte fan. It's definitely had its uh, ups and downs. But, um, we, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Who would you it's compare, been pretty good. Who would you compare the Lotte fans to? I mean, they definitely are extraordinary here in Korea. Um, in, in, in MLB. I, I would probably think maybe Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Um, which hurts me to say because I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan, but all right, <laughs> yeah, but you know, passionate fan base. Um, I guess well, up until a couple years ago with Boston, they had you know uh, before they they won a couple World Series, they kind of were you know known for breaking their fans' hearts, which is you know what Lotte is known for. 
Um, so, so yeah, I'd say Boston, maybe the Cubs. Oh, no, that's Hanwha. <laughs> I, 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 I am. I, I, okay, full disclosure, I am a Chicago Cub fan. And I understand that most of the modern world has happened since the Cubs last won a World Series. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much the Hanwha Eagles, yeah, they, if you think about it. They broke my heart over the last year. I mean, poor Hanwha. These guys uh, – now – when you're cheering for Hanwha, you, almost every year, with the exception recently, there was one, I think they actually snuck into a championship series a few years ago, in like 06, I think it was. Except for that one miracle Did year. Did they win it in 06? No, nah, I think they finished second, actually. I think they finished second place. Okay. But, yeah, that's right. In 06, they finished second to Sob Sung Lions. And they won it when? Oh, 99? gosh. When, when did they? Yeah, they won it in 1999. Right. So there, there, there are yet people still walking about that have last seen a Hanwha Eagle championship. <laughs> but <laughs> It's more than you can say for the Cubs. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's walking around and seen the Cubs win, they're from Twilight. They're sparkly yeah, they're, they're vampires. They're around. They're Cullens or there's something else. But there's something weird going on there. <laughs> <laughs> But no, Hanwha Eagles fans are pretty much like Cub fans. I mean, they just they support their team. They come out to the yard every day. They wear the orange. They cheer. They bring their kids. It's a great day at the park. And Hanwha just doesn't compete very well. But the the fans love them to death. And that to me, that's baseball. Yeah, you get a great day at the yard. You get to watch a fun game. And that's as a Cub fan, I identify with Hanwha Eagle fans. Same thing. You you, you know, pretty much every year, your club's going to finish last. So why go? Because it's baseball. Because baseball is fun. And it's still fun to watch the guys pick it up and throw it around and you hope they win. And Yeah, you know, that's that's it. KBO fans uh, will cheer just as much as if it's the first inning and it's scoreless to if it's 10 nothing and your team's down in, you know, in the ninth inning. You really don't know the difference. <laughs> I mean... The yeah, boundless the, energy the, they have. Yeah, the intensity is always and, there. And they're really very, very encouraging. It's, you know, a guy gets a... Oh, we'll get him next time, you know. Guy gets a base hit, that's a great right. thing. And they... I mean, they just keep the positive energy going. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas... <laughs> I'm one of those Cub fans that I was one of those guys in the bleachers with a Sean-o-meter back in the day. <laughs> if you remember that, the old Sean Dunstan thing. And, you know, Dunstan get a hit, great. He get a strike, ah, just went right through you, you know, so... <laughs> oh jeez! Well, I kind of compare. I kind of compare the difference too when people ask me about the difference in KBO games and MLB games. You know, it's weird. Like when you go to an MLB game, you're really focused on the game. The fans are a little more laid back. Uh, I guess passive, a little more quiet. They're really focused on exactly what's happening on the field. For the KBO game, I think a lot of times the fans are just. You know, you're there for a good time. Usually, it's like it's a weekend. Um, you know, you've, you've got your snacks, your family, you're just, there's cheerleaders, there's music. It's, it's kind of a party, you know, and with the baseball is almost secondary half the time. Yeah. I don't even know if they, you, you know, you can ask them like anything about the game and they'd be able to tell you, it might just be like, okay, it's time to sing this song or cheer for this guy. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, you're right. I think they're there more to party and have a good time than, uh, well, follow if, the action. If you've been to Hong Closely, you- closely, like, like we do. If you've been to Hanwha, you know they got that place out in center field. It's like directly center field. There's this giant green wall that behind it, people are picnicking. You can't even see the game from there. I can't see it. And but they got their mats out. They got their chicken and beer. They got mm-hmm. their kids running around, and they're getting a little sun and hanging out. And other people are walking around there buying snacks. They're not even watching. They, they can't. 
<laughs> they physically cannot see the game, and it doesn't matter. They're there to picnic. And some people, right. just, some people just go to watch the cheerleaders, <laughs> right? <laughs> which are no comment. Which Lote has probably the best one. Right. I've been around the league, and I have to say, Lote's uh, probably has the best best cheerleaders. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else, Alan? How can uh, the fans get in touch with you? What's your Twitter? Uh, Twitter is a wolf w o l f two o two six. Twitter. Um, that'd be the easiest way to get in touch with me, but um, but yeah. And we, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on and asking uh, me um, about the article. Yeah, I appreciate it. I thought it, it definitely shed a lot of light on me because uh, it seems like you know, first off, you can't find too much in English about this league, um, but fortunately, we can thanks to Dan of MyKBO.net, a rival podcaster now. I, I I have you know, but you know, Jimmy Kimmel and David Letterman are good friends. That's what I told them. So why not? <laughs> I'll have him on my podcast. Uh, hopefully, he'll have me on his. So no, there's no bad blood there. We're cool. Um, good, but, but, good to hear. But thanks to him, you know, we get the, we get this information in English. One thing I wanted to point out was that the KBO does not have an English link on their website. So Dan from my KBO stepped it up about ten years ago, and. Um, you know, gives us all the information in English. Um, is that, do you think that is indicative of the KBO not, you know, kind of wanting to like lock any information out or, or you know, keep people from uh, getting information, scouts, what have you, on the league? Actually, yeah, I don't I, know about lock people out or, or keeping scouts out, but go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know if it's so much as wanting to lock folks out. I just think that they have a different view about how to view the game. Remember, you were talking earlier about the fans and how they look at the game. They come out for the great time. What do we do when we're kids in states? We were taught, you know, you go to the game, you score the game. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, my dad yeah. bought me a score. Sure. Everybody yeah, remembers. Get a program every right, time. You get a program and a, a pencil, pencil. Yeah. and you sit there and your dad teaches. Okay, he flew out to, to, right. to the left field or what's that? F7. Okay, bounce out the short is a six three. Okay, mm-hmm. you know the f- forward K is swinging, backward K is looking, and you fill out your scorecard, and then you fill out the box score, and you you learn about ERA and batting average, and then of course the sabermetricians came in with OBP and WAR and WHIP and all those fun numbers like that. But in states, it became really about numbers and fans in states. If if they are fans, they're pretty knowledgeable. They know the numbers. I don't know that that's so important here. No, I don't think they really have fantasy leagues or, or stat geeks or anything like I think that. They, I think they actually just initiated a Paldo league just this last year, fantasy okay. league. Okay. I just think in general, I'm just one of the things I've been disappointed with as a fan over there is that, you know, the way they've, I guess, shown a lack of interest in promoting their brand. Because I think it's a good brand and I think it's got a bright future. Um, you and know, it's hot right now. It's, it's hot as yeah. it's ever been. Exactly. So I'd love to see, you know, some more, you know, an English website or, you know, have, um, for example, like cheerleaders out at bars in Taiwan for like game of the week, do like one English broadcast a week, a KBO magazine, a KBO, mm-hmm. like a Hall of Fame or museum. Like there's just so many things you could do that really don't take that much. It just seems real simple to me. And I just don't get it. I don't know why none of this stuff has really taken taken place. 
I mean, even looking at their own website, I mean, that's a fairly basic website that if, you know, somebody with a little bit of knowledge were to go in there and tweak that a little bit, you could make that a lot more informative and a lot more interactive for fans of kind of, you know, the way the major leagues is because right now you go to MLB.com, you get video, Mm -hmm. you get instant analysis, you get the box score stats, you get the pictures, the profiles, everything. And that information is right there to click for free. And it, it wouldn't take that much to tool this website up. And make it something that's more in this century, even, which is, and that's, and, and that's actually kind of odd considering how tech forward everything else is in this country. That you know, right. you have that kind of a website that really doesn't use the the resources that are available here. Samsung, if you're listening, come on, let's let's put make make the website more smart. Well, website, <laughs> mobile app, yeah, you know. I think one thing we got to keep in mind is that. You know, we we compare it to MLB because that's where we're from and that's where we're used to, and it's tempting to. And sometimes we we got to remember, you know, like, like we've talked about that it does have a different culture, different roots, and and this league, it's not exactly a business in, in the sense of it. I mean, you're talking about these large conglomerates yeah. that have baseball teams, not really the other way around. Like in America, these these rich people that have baseball teams and generally are trying to improve them, like in the KBO. You know, Samsung, they have everything, TVs, cars, electronics, and whatnot. Um, baseball team is just one of the things. And, and from what I've heard, there's no general manager that's like an actual baseball guy. It's, it's just some, you know, businessman. Some suit, some suit, yeah. <laughs> right. And so it's, just, it's, a total, it's a total different approach, yeah. you know, and that's, that's what's frustrating about it to me sometimes, especially as a Lotte fan because I – I feel like some some of the decisions that they've made over the years, I'm just like, who is up there? Like, what what are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah, they need to change the front office situation too if they want to make it more viable. So, all right, we're just about out of time. Uh, Alan, I want to thank you. Um, and when you, uh, any plans to come back to Korea this summer? Uh, I'm not going to make it this summer. We're okay. uh, probably going to come back in 2014, but this summer little tough can't do it okay well i'd love to meet you at some point in person yeah well maybe you'll come back to albany or we'll go to a yankee game sometime yeah does the does albany just still have the albany colony team i know the yankees had left there no no they actually um they tore that stadium down and now there's a single a team out in um in troy if you're familiar with troy yeah sure i would have uh, rpi and all that Mm mm-hmm Correct. Yeah, they yeah. have the Astros single A team. So they've actually, I think, like Hunter Pence came up through there. Some of the Astros' top prospects came. The first place. Up, uh, you talking about the first be nice place if you Astros? Get a better team. The first place. The Astros? first place Astros. Yeah, for at least a day. <laughs> All right, we'll leave on that note. Thanks a lot, Alan. All right. All right thanks, take care. Guys. Okay. Bye bye. Right. Okay, Van. Any pe- parting shots here? We're a little uh, bit over time, but, uh, you know, I think the network's going to allow us to go for a couple more minutes. Parting shots, beware my Cubs in 2020. And beware of the Hanwha Eagles uh, in 2027. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, that'll do it. Uh, Van Walker, you want to add anything else? Nah, good time, man. Let's do it okay, again. cool. Let's do it again. Um, so thanks a lot, Alan Wolf, and enjoy the KBO. It's underway. Hopefully the Eagles will... Uh, at least get a game in tonight. Uh, the weather's not looking so great. Um, I'm playing the Kia Tigers, and who knows? Maybe they'll be the surprise of the KBO this year. But I'm not holding my breath. 
Okay, so uh, thank you very much. It is a overcast day here in Korea, but baseball's underway, and uh, you'll be hearing from Van and me more in the future. Thanks for listening, and we'll we'll see you next time. He knew right then he was too far from home.